Welcome to ConExpo ConAg Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers with your host, Peggy Smedley. This is ConExpo ConAg Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. I'm your host, Peggy Smedley. Equipment is coming installed with more technology than ever before. But one question still remains. Who owns all the data? Is it the rental company, the manufacturer, or the construction company? At the same time, we are seeing the Internet of Things is boosting demand and decreasing costs. A combination of more modern machinery, stringent regulations, and environmental and safety considerations are driving the market. On today's podcast, we are going to dive deep into a conversation about what construction companies need to keep in mind when leveraging data from equipment and monitoring all of that information. We will talk about security, implementation, training, remote monitoring, and so much more. And as always, I'm not alone. Today's guest has a very unique vision for how to influence the way end users perceive and consume data, making them more agile in decision-making. Please welcome Ronik Amin, Manager of Business Solutions Group for Komatsu America Corps. Ronik, welcome to the show. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Ronick, it's great to have you on the show. So let's kind of talk a little bit and start off generally by talking about your remote monitoring, which I think is interesting. And if I have it correct, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but you have the, the contracts, which is kind of your standard monitoring services. But then I think you also offer the, the contract plus, which is, I think, standard equipment now on some of your new machines that you have for the Komatsu machines. Is that correct? Yep. So we've got a couple solutions, like you mentioned. Uh, we can start with Comtrack. So that's our, like you said, the remote monitoring system. We've had that in the marketplace since about 2005. And since then, we've connected 75,000 machines here in North America. So a ton of connectivity, a lot of data. Um, our continuous dedication to innovation kind of led us to be the first ones in this space. Uh, not sure if you really know this, but if you look at our logo, the elevated T stands for technology. It's, it's just kind of been in our DNA. So we did some things early on that were pretty unique. And number one, to make the platform completely free. And number two, to standard fit on all machines. So customers can use contracts with no additional charges, no charges at all for the life of their machine or their fleet. Um, I think you mentioned a little bit about contracts and maybe a technical standpoint. Telematics is really pretty simple. Uh, we fit the hardware onto every machine. It gathers information from all the onboard sensors, and that information is communicated via satellite and cellular. It goes to a server, and then it's made available to customers. So that's pretty much, in a nutshell, Komatsu and contracts and where we are right now. So, so let's talk about that because that's interesting because, you know, when you think about 75,000 machines, mm-hmm. that's a heck of a lot of machines out there. And since doing it for 2005, and, and I love the elevated T concept. I think that's a great idea because people can remember that. But talk more specifically about how your customers are using contracts. I mean, is it helping them extend the life of the machine? Is it anomalies of the machine? Are they really trying to understand, you know, really where the data is all, you know, kind of coming from? I mean, really what do customers tell you they want to get? They want to get be more proactive with the machines? 
what are they really looking for by you're giving them this information, but what are they telling you they want to get out of the information that they're getting from your machines? Yeah, so, you know, everybody hates saying depends, but it always kind of depends on fleet size and application and these other things. We kind of narrowed it down to three things that customers want from telematics. But the way I always like to explain it is, let's rewind it like 10 or 12 years. Back when telematics was just hitting the market, Comtracks, as well as the other providers, basically just had two data points. It was hours and location, and that's kind of all it was about. So managers, just knowing simply where the machine was and how many hours were on the machine was a huge value add. But as time kind of progressed, their appetite for data became bigger. So we've added additional data points like working hours and fuel consumption and idle time, and that kind of goes more in line with what they're using the data for, more of these kind of advanced data points. So let's just look at maybe the three things we think. Number one, it's still probably status and logistical information, that hours and location. You know, the managers still have the ability to see where all their assets are. They can understand, you know, should that machine be reallocated to a different job site? Should it be pulled off the job site for a scheduled maintenance? All those, you know, kind of day-to-day decisions. The next one is kind of the machine health. Um, I think this has probably become the most popular uh, right now in the current time, and that's because customers spend a ton of money on capital equipment, and they want to be able to protect those investments. So knowing information about machine health, like uh, fault codes and cautions and all these alerts that we send out, it could drastically improve you know, unexpected downtime, uh, other things that, you know, just happen in our business. And then the final one is fleet performance. I think this is becoming uh, more popular, and I think the industry might be going this way. You know, because they spend so much money on equipment, naturally they want to know that their fleet's performing. So if we can give them data like idle time and fuel consumption and load and all these kind of things, it helps them understand, you know, is my fleet performing at an optimal level or is it not? It kind of answers those questions. So when you look at that, you know, you talk about that hours of location, you know, status, that scheduled maintenance, you know, because, uh, you know, when machines are down, that's like the worst thing on a construction site, right? Mm-hmm. But now when you talk about fleet performance, I love that idea of idle time, you know, and optimal levels, you know, the loads, Right. Do do we take it even a step further with that and say what are they really getting from that? When you think about that, what do what are they getting? Are they taking that information? Are they putting it into other software that are giving them a really good view of what's happening at the construction job site? So now they can maximize what's happening. Is that why that's becoming so valuable? Because now they can incorporate that and they can make really good business decisions at the job site? Yes. So they are going to take that data and feed it to one of their in-house systems, probably, right? And then they'll kind of device their own um, conclusions on the data. But let's just look at maybe a couple simple examples. If you've got idle time and fuel consumption and all these data points, they typically can, they can find out, you know, is this machine too small for this job? Is it too big for this job? You know, we've heard a lot of companies wanting to coach their operators using this data um, to understand, you know, production type of things. Another thing is, let's just look at fuel. If a machine is consuming more fuel than expected, maybe the manager says, you know, a different operating technique should be used here. Or if it's excessively idling, 
maybe we can just take this machine and put it on a different site or understand why, you know, why is it idling to that rate? Um, that's kind of the decisions that they're making for their business. And so when you look at that, those kind of decisions, are they really now being able to see some financial benefits from that? I mean, that are significantly improving the bottom line. Is that what's resulting from this that you see through telematics and the ability to monitor these things? I mean, you're collecting data from your assets, and is it showing some real quantitative results of that financially? You know, we'd be thrilled if customers want to monetize telematics. (laughs) But I think uh, right now, fleet performance is probably the closest. You know, I can't really say that customers are seeing money being added in that way from telematics, but they could be, right, in in other ways. And I think eventually we'll get to the point where, yes, we can confidently answer that question that, you know, contracts and telematics, they are affecting the balance sheet. So do they get nervous when you talk about data? You know, everybody says data, 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 and it makes everybody nervous now. And we're getting more comfortable with it. Is the big discussion about, well, you're taking information off the machine that I've purchased. Who owns that data? Does that question come up? And do customers get nervous about who owns the data? And, you know, is it is it my data? If I rent the equipment, is the rental company? Is it the construction company? Do these questions come up? And does it make people uneasy? Yeah, definitely a fair question and a concern. I think it's important to remember one thing. Comtrex data belongs to the customers. It doesn't belong to uh, I. It doesn't belong to the company uh, or distributors. It's the customer's data. By their consent, you know, we can look at the data, our distributors can look at the data, and it's really changed the way everybody does done business. Um, I can say here at Commodity America, every business unit in some way is leveraging contracts data. Our service group uses it to troubleshoot machines. Our marketing department uses it to take a look at trends and product development activity. Sales use it to kind of benchmark things in the field. Uh, we've we love having the data available to us, and so do the distributors. I think you mentioned a little bit about the rental fleets. Uh, you know, our distributors can manage their rental fleets very effectively using contracts, as you could probably imagine. But to answer the question, the data belongs to the customers, and we're very conscious of that. Um, our Japanese heritage also, I mean, we're, we're very, very data conscious, security. We're not in the business of, uh, you know, giving that data out like, Maybe the automotive industry will, right? I know insurance companies are always kind of after that behavioral data off vehicles. Uh, we're not in that business, right? It's all just, it's about the customers. So maybe the bigger question is uh, less about who owns the data is maybe we should say, how do your customers access the contracts data? Is it something that's over a web? Is it, is it an app? I mean, because maybe it's the way it's accessible is less of a, an issue to how they can see it and where it is. Is it in the cloud? I mean, what, what are we talking about when they're viewing the information that they're getting off of their assets? Yeah, so primarily it's the website, right? And I think every OEM has got a website out there where the customer can log in and get all the information off their machine. But we at Komatsu realized that it's not so easy for customers to go to one website or two or four or five, depending on how many machines they own from different OEMs. So we've come out with some other solutions too. So number one, it's definitely the website, but number two, we like pushing the data out to customers. We found this to be exceptionally effective. A lot of the times customers, they don't want to get a whole bunch of data and then crunch it and then come up with conclusions. They just want us to give them the information that they want. 
So what we've done is kind of designed reports, and we just send them out. Uh, they hit customers' email boxes on a daily, a weekly, or a monthly basis, and they just consume the information that they want, the critical information. And then the third way is through APIs. APIs have kind of connected everything together. We believe in it pretty strongly, too. I, we know that customers have in-house business systems that they want the data fed to. They don't want to go to another place to get this data. So we're happily compliant. You know, we can set them up with an API to feed the data into their system also. It it kind of gets complicated, though, because you have some customers, I would imagine, that have mixed fleets, a lot of different things. How do you account for some of those kind of things that are out there? Yeah, I think, you know, mixed fleets are going to be with us forever. Um, <laughs> it's just going to remain a part of the industry. Uh, rarely does a customer purchase 100% of their equipment from a single OEM. Um, you know, we credit a lot to the industry associations, too, for recognizing that, as well as us. But customers, like we said, they don't want to go to two, three, four different websites. So for that reason, associations like AEM and AEMP, they began to work on a solution. And that solution was to develop a standardized way to feed data in the customer system via the API. We talked a little bit about APIs a minute ago, but if anybody's not familiar, it stands for Application Programming Interface. And they're used to specify how software components should interact. So we've developed an API to data feed into any customer system like we talked about, and we think that standardization is great because it's great for the customers, and that's kind of what it's about. And, you know, if we all normalize the data and we deliver it to customers, well, then they can consume it much easier. And in that case, I think, you know, we're kind of all in. And I think that's the key thing here because we talk about when we're looking at assets, machines, that the customer doesn't want every piece of information that's going to come off of every asset they had. They want to be able to interpret the key data that's going to be valuable for them when they have to deal with regulations or cost of ownership or, or, or what you just described, you know, hours, location, or status, whatever they're going to be looking at, you know, that idle time, because the flood of information that comes off machines, because everything now in this Internet of Things world, there's so much information. There's no way a construction company can manage all of that information. So that common mm -hmm. API that you're talking about is giving them the information that they need right at the time that they need that. I mean, that's what we're talking about, right? So they can view what they want because there's no way they can manage all the data off of all these assets at every time it, it would be coming in. They would be insane. Absolutely. And one more thing I'll add to that is AEM and AEMP have worked toward a new standard of standardization, and we're happy to comply with that also. It might be something you're familiar with, the ISO 15143-3, which uh, dash 3 is just for telematics data. And uh, this is kind of a new round of standardization. We we standardized the data and we sent them out to customers. But customers said, we want more data, right? Uh, the original round was just a few data points. So this go around, it's going to be even more standardized data out to customers. And it's just another example of how the adaptability in our industry, I mean, all the OEMs are kind of working together on this. And it's a nice thing. So when you look at this, how do you see the telematics industry in general expanding in the future? Do you see a lot more cooperation? Do you see a lot more of this perfor fleet performance being tracked so we can get the a assets? What do you see it being used more for, let's say, what will be regulations by government that it needs to happen? You know, how do you see the, the industry in, in telematics shaping up? You know, I don't think it's going to be government regulations, like it might be for machine control and some of these other technologies. 
I think the principle is always going to remain the same. I don't see crowdsourcing the data as a possibility or anything like that. I think OEMs will always put this technology on equipment. What I think might change is the way data is delivered, right? Instead of charts and dashboards being sent out to the customer, maybe the deliverable shifts into insights. Because I can see OEMs taking that extra step forward to supporting customers' businesses. Since the emergence of telematics, machine control, and all these other technologies we see at ConExpo and things, OEMs seem to be more engaged with the customer's business. And I see telematics kind of connecting all those technologies. So, for example, I can think of, we saw a lot about drones at ConExpo, right? And we know they're being used for monitoring job site progress and all these things. Well, I think telematics kind of ties all that together one day. And when you look at that, because we're going to have that, we're going to see a whole lot thing. We're going to see more sensors at the job sites. We're going to see more advanced machinery, more, you know, as we talk about, we're going to see machine learning, right? We're going to see artificial intelligence and all these things are going to have more information, right? And we look robots, what all of these things are going to have data coming from them. And as we look at all of this, do we think that this type of information is all going to be integrated and all of these things are going to have to communicate and telematics is going to have to take the lead in that and being able to integrate all of those, that information so that assets will be able to speak to each other and actually be able able to, you know, take the lead in how that information is going to be interpreted by a construction company? I think so. And um, one example I can give you is about our Comtrex Plus system. It's probably our most advanced remote monitoring system. It's kind of the the big brother to Comtrex. It was out there first, uh, but a lot of the data sets have become combined now. But what makes Comtrex Plus unique is that it establishes its own norms. So we can generate some of that predictive analytics that you mentioned based on deviations from those norms. So we can help uh, even further reduce unexpected downtime and costly repairs. So I think some of those uh, technologies are coming, and we do some interesting things like payload meter and all these things that help that that production side of telematics. So would you say that that's how Komatsu kind of differentiates itself from some of the other OEMs that are out there today? that you're doing some of these things and looking at how assets and information, you know, need to be used. Because some of the things we have to think about is telematics are actually being used to prevent loss and theft, right? We're using remote monitoring for those kind of things as well that you described. So it's some of the even basic things, but are very important things, right? So are, are you thinking there's other things that you, uh, is, that, is that a key part of what you're doing in the marketplace as well? Yes and no. So we definitely like the concept of being a little bit more predictive, um, that big data, all that kind of stuff, it takes a lot of data to get to that, right? And we, we think it's it's kind of an arm's reach, but it's still a little far away. Uh, what kind of differentiates us between the other OEMs, um, I can just kind of describe what kind of company we are. Uh, simply said, we're kind of obsessed with our customers' success. Uh, our Japanese heritage, we use the term Gemba a lot. Gemba just means getting out in the field and putting yourself in the customer's shoes. Uh, literally, we've done tens of thousands of these in the last couple of years. So we understand things like, what do customers actually want to use telematics for? Is it this? Is it that? Um, th- those are the kind of things that I think differentiate us from other OEMs. So does that mean, using that term that you just described, does that mean helping the implementation and the training that goes along with your customers and and how they actually implement all of this technology at the job site. So kind of the tips and tricks that you might want to offer them so they get it right. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, we at Komatsu, we're kind of in that insights business. I mean, we want our customers to be successful. And for that reason, we've got great folks out at our distributors that can do a lot of that training and consulting. You know, here's the best way we think you should be using this data set. Here are kind of the decisions that we think you should make. And you're seeing that a lot with us at Con Expo. You also saw about smart construction, where we're interested in providing those solutions. And I think that's what you're after, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Ronick, thank you so much for being with us. So Ronick Amin, Manager of Business Solutions Group of Komatsu America, again, thank you for joining us today. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Well, we're out of time. So uh, that, I think, was another great discussion. And hopefully, as you listeners, you've learned something new about remote monitoring in the telematics space, and you can take some insight back to your job site. So that's all the time we have for today's show. Con Expo, Con Ag Radio is brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. So stay up to date on the technologies and trends impacting the construction industry by subscribing to our 365 e-newsletter. You can do that by visiting conexpoconag.com slash subscribe. Thank you for tuning in to Con Expo, Con Ag Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers.